A beautiful day to all you lovely folks out there. This is the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. Today is November the 22nd, 2022. My name is Frank. His name is Alex. And there's a cameo of a kitty behind me. No. Hi, Carl. Hi, Carl. Hello, Carl. <laughs> Did your animal, your dog, act differently when you had a kid? Yeah. He was, yeah. I mean, he was really excited at first, like when we brought him home and stuff. And then I think a little bit of... Uh, maybe jealousy set in for like all the time and attention we were mm -hmm. giving him. And then like, even now we and Sarah always laugh cause like we'll be eating dinner and it's funny, like how he has to like beg for scraps for the whole time that, you know, we've had him. He's always sitting there asking for food, whatever. And it's like, right. what does he think that we just, you know, he's been around for longer than this kid, but like we willingly feed this kid every single day, spoon feed him <laughs> while he sits there and watches. We, so, but I mean, he's so good with Wally, man. He licks his face all the time. He'll, he'll play around him, but he's never like, he'll never hit him, never bit at, like snipped at him. That's good. How's Carl? Nice. He does act a little weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like he, he wants to be in our room more because the baby sleeps in the room. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's why, but, but, ever since the baby's been home, he wants to sleep in the room more, but he doesn't sleep like on our bed. He sleeps under our bed oh. and he's like intent on being under our bed. Hmm. And then he feels like when he's over it, he'll go to the, that's what he does. I don't know if anyone else's cat out there does this. He'll go to our sliding closet door and he'll just paw at it Weird. <laughs> until somebody wakes up and then lets him out of the room. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Look at him. All content back there. <laughs> Moron. Yeah. Oh. So you're a little under the weather, yeah? Yeah, I apologize. My voice sounds like shit, man. I feel weird. I had the chills and when you know, when you go back and forth from like the chills to like being extremely sweaty in a matter of like minutes. It's yeah. the worst. It's the worst. It always makes me think of that uh in Walk Hard with Dewey Cox. We need more blankets. We need less blankets. <laughs> we need more and less blankets at the same time. That's how I felt, man. It's just shit. But feeling better today, at least. So I just sound very hoarse. That's good. Um, are you guys Are you guys worried about RSV at all? Is that top of mind for you guys? Um, I mean, it's always it's top of mind with a little one for sure. But I think we're good. Wally's just been steadily sick with you know cough of some sort yeah. since he started going to school and stuff so did did we talk about this rsv have we talked we did about it? yeah i think we talked about did it last we? time i mentioned that pat's daughter had it but she's all good mm. now scary shit though man yeah. you guys just had like Apparently, the first man. death right yeah we did uh and it's just i don't know it's just everywhere and i wouldn't care if i didn't have a child no, yeah. i have a child now it's like i it's not that i like don't care i do but i don't know i feel like if you internalize these things you'll always be afraid of something or you'll yeah. always have like giant worry about something so i mean you take precautions as you as, as much as you can but i don't know do you feel like over the last couple of years have you be, been any more or less sick i've been way less sick less i've sick? not gotten sick i've not gotten sick i got I, can, I think maybe like a little bit of a a little here uh last year maybe like a little bit mm -hmm. the sickest i've gotten is after the covid shot well because i feel like i've been less sick but the times that i am sick i'm like way sicker than i ever oh, remember really? being bro like last year i had a sickness i couldn't move like i lost an entire day don't remember mm -hmm. anything i couldn't like it was terrible and I, I feel like and this is maybe a little conspiracy theorist in me but since i've gotten the covid shots shots plural uh i just the when i get sick i just am on my ass man and i mean maybe they are protecting me from covid and whatever else but i just feel just the, in my head i'm just like man is it because of the shot or something in me that like 
It's just, I feel like I'm just getting my ass kicked every single time, dude. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I have a theory about it. And I think it's the general like cleanliness of of everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and also like the general uh, apprehension to germs and to anything that might get you sick that we've that we've kind of undertaken since 2020. Yeah. So that everything's more sterile, but that means when something slips through the cracks, at least so like you're, you're more healthy for a prolonged period of time. But when something slips through the cracks, it's, it's now like a, like a, a, a novel thing for your body or something that they're not used to anymore. Yeah. And so it yeah. hits you harder. That's, that's my theory. There's absolutely nothing that backs that up, but that's the way well, I think about sense. it. I don't think I'm going to get the new bo- booster though, bro. I think I'm done. I, I, I'm not going to, keep taking shots every couple months man i'm not gonna play that game i don't think i agree with you um i don't i don't take the flu shot and i'm sure there's plenty of people who have opinions but i haven't taken the flu like way before covid i just on principle just didn't take it i've taken Mm -hmm. it and then i haven't taken it and it 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 really made no difference one way or the other so i didn't suggest you should do it for having a kid oh yeah Oh, okay. they prescribed me it. <laughs> they give me a oh, prescription really? for oh, the wow. booster, for the flu shot, and then for one other shot that I do need to take. And that's like a an update on a vaccine from I think when I was a kid. I don't know one of them. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm totally I'm not interested in any more boosters. I do not take the flu shot. Addition by subtraction, I think is the way that I look at it. Yeah, I feel you. We did not do well in our NFL picks last week, Frank. Oh, really? I felt no. good about him. We went four and ten. Oh well. We went so we did so well the first week though. So we had so much. I think we just were overconfident in our picks. Hopefully we can do a little better week twelve here coming up, man. We got some Thursday games, Thanksgiving yeah. and stuff. So it's a new week. Put the all week beside us. These are hard to do. <laughs> so okay, Bills uh, at Lions, and they're giving the Bills nine points. Nine. I got nine and a half here. Nine and a half. Okay, I'm going off. You go ahead and read them then. I'm going off CBS. You probably got a better site. Okay. This one's tough because the Lions are playing good football. Winners of three in a row. Yeah. And the Bills are not struggling, but, you know, they're not not plowing through teams like they did at the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. Short week in Detroit. Uh, The Bills just won in Detroit, actually. (laughs) Yeah, they did. I don't know, man. Instincts tell me to take the Lions here. I agree, just because nine points is a lot. I, I think the Bills win this game, but I think yes. the way Detroit's been playing, man, they they found some spark. Um, and they have, I mean, dude, Jamal Williams is their guy in the red zone. I've He's right. helped me out so much in fantasy this year. Oh, same. He's man. the touchdown leader. Yeah, he is. It's crazy. So I'm, touchdowns. Yeah, I'm taking Lions in this one. I'll take the Lions in this one. The next one, I am hammering the Giants. Yeah. Uh, division of game short week both teams are good both teams are seven and three uh this is a home game for the cowboys and the giants are being spotted nine points in a divisional game and both teams are really good give me the nine points all day and if i lose money on it i lose money on it but uh, that's no brainer for me the cowboys looked ridiculous against minnesota though man they did in minnesota and, and they minnesota laid a big egg them. yeah yeah it's the NFL, right, man. I don't know. Giants. It's just like so unpredictable. Yeah, Gi- Giants all day. There's there's no universe where I pick the Cowboys to cover well, they, that many points. They need to bounce back after losing the Lions like that at home. Right. Um, and then we have the Patriots at the Vikings. Vikings are getting two and a half. Or Patriots are getting two and a half. Um, this one's tough because the Patriots out of nowhere are uh, a game back in the AFC East. And 
The Vikings had, had a bad loss. <sighs> I don't know. What do you think? I don't. I don't respect the Patriots, man. They that game was so. But did you watch that Patriots Jets game this weekend? It was fucking terrible. It was. It so was bad. bad. But that's division. Like that, that's punts. divisional football. Two teams that know each other in and out. Yeah. The the Pats won the first meeting this year, and and the Jets, you know, they squandered it away at the end. I like the Patriots in that game just because they were given points in a divisional game against the Jets. It's kind of like you know history tells you to take that. Mm-hmm. This one, I'm a little bit more inclined to take the Vikings. Yeah, because they need you. a bounce back. They are a good team. The Patriots aren't great, and um, I don't know. I, I I just instincts tell me take the Vikings here. I'm Two and you. a half points. I'll I'll, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So those are our Thanksgiving games. Sunday starts off with Bucks at the Browns. Bucks coming off a bye. Browns, do they get Deshaun Watson back this week? Uh, uh, it was a 12-week suspension. So this is the last week. Okay, so this is the last week. Yeah. Um, he is Tampa in the practice Bay squad, though. Our three-and-a-half-point favorites. I like that. Against a pretty shitty Browns team. Mm-hmm. I feel confident with Tampa Bay there coming off a bye. Tampa Bay coming off a bye. Need to win. Yeah, let's take Tampa, and I'll spot you three and a half. I don't like it, but I'll take them. <laughs> Bengals at the Titans. Bengals are one-and-a-half point favorites mm, that's gonna in be Tennessee. Game. Yeah. Um Bengals oh, look good. They're kind of rolling, but not really. I mean, they're good. They're not like as great as they were last year. Titans are seven and three, kind of out of nowhere, tied for second best record in the NFL. Uh, you're spot me one and a half at home. I'll take the Titans. With you. Yep. I like that defense, man. That defense is nice. And Burrow, I think, is the most sacked quarterback this whole year. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. Texans at the Dolphins. Dolphins are 13-point favorites. Normally, anything Damn. above 10 points in the NFL, I'm I'm taking the points on this one, though. I've seen absolutely no life out of, out of Houston. I mean, none. There's nothing going for Houston right now. Mm. Uh, the Dolphins have one of the best, if not the best, offense in the NFL. So give me the Dolphins to cover 13 points. At home against a really bad Houston team. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Bears at the Jets. Uh, Jets are kind of floundering. They started off really hot. Uh, they're six and four. The Bears are really good until about three minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and they just find a way to lose the game. Justin Fields is also injured. He might not be playing this week or the rest of the year potentially. So. Mm. Right. Interesting. With that in mind, um, I gotta take the Jets. The Jets and their and their four and a half point favorites. That if Justin Fields doesn't play, I'll take that all day long. So yeah. we'll assume Fields does not take the field, and I'll take the Jets. Mm-hmm. Falcons at Washington. Washington, one of the more exciting teams believe it or not, in the NFL right now. They have they've had like a three week stretch of just incredible football. Uh, he- uh, Heineke is, is playing excellent at quarterback. Their defense is ridiculous at the moment. And they get back, um, oh, what's his name? Who's Ohio State lineman? Chase Young. Chase Young. Yeah, so they get Chase Young back. 
and they're favored by four points at home against the Falcons. And the Falcons, I hate, I hate betting Falcons games, dude. I hate it because they're always really close. The Falcons are never like that good, but they're never that bad. And I never know which way to go here. Four points almost seems too much to give uh, uh, Washington as favorites here. Uh, I'm inclined to take the Falcons and the points. Okay. What do you think? I'll trust you. I'll, I'll trust you there. I, I feel like Atlanta, they just put that that Kyle Pitts on IR. He's out. Cordero Patterson has been really having a great season, but I'm I'm riding that Washington wave personally, but I, I trust your sports acumen here. So I'll, I'll take Falcons. That's cool. Okay. Broncos at the Panthers. Um, I, dude, the Broncos should beat the piss out of the Panthers, even though it's in yeah. Carolina. They really should just absolutely destroy them. Uh, they're favored by two and a half. I don't know, man. I don't. I. Uh, I wouldn't bet on the Broncos ever this season. Uh, yeah. My instincts tell me to take the Broncos here, but I. I don't. Mm. <sighs> Fuck it. Let's ride with them. Broncos let's country. Let's ride. <laughs> so we'll take the Broncos minus two and a half in Carolina. Ravens at the Jaguars. This seems, this seems like a low line here. Four points, favorite to Baltimore. At Jacksonville, I don't know, Jacksonville's not really got, got much going, but it's the NFL, dude. Any given Sunday, you never know. The Ravens are known to just kind of like lay an egg randomly. Um, so it feels almost like a trap. Um, but let's not overthink this and take Baltimore and the points. Yeah, I was surprised Baltimore that he put up 13 four. points against the rate, uh, Panthers last week, though, man. That that surprised me. But Yeah, well, the Panthers beat... Uh, who'd they beat the week before? Might have been Atlanta. It was Atlanta. Yeah, it was the Falcons. They beat them 25-15. Um, to 15. Yeah, so, I mean, who knows? Uh, they they just need to break it open a little bit, and, and the, ja- the Jags really have no hope. Mm-hmm. Um, Chargers at Arizona... Man, Arizona looked. I don't bad know yesterday. if Kyler's gonna. I don't know if Kyler's gonna win or play. Excuse me. I don't know if Kyler's gonna play. Uh, the Chargers. I don't know, man. Fuck. I don't know. This team is so ridiculous. They're they're five hundred right now, five and five. They're in every game they play. Yeah. Uh, Justin Herbert has had two interceptions to end the game in the past two weeks. Uh, looking a lot like old Philly Riv. Four and a half is a lot of points. If Kyler Murray doesn't play, I like the Chargers. Mm -hmm. I'm with you there. I'll take the point. So we'll assume Kyler Murray doesn't play, and we'll take Chargers four and a half, minus four and a half. Raiders at the Seahawks. Seahawks are coming off a bye, and are they? Did they play last week? I'm pretty sure they're coming off a bye. No, I think you're right. Okay. Uh, and they are favored by three and a half at home. Um, I don't like the Raiders at all, mm-hmm. just on principle, but they really suck this year. And the Seahawks are actually a pretty surprisingly solid team. So I'm taking the Seahawks. I'm with you. And man. I'll spot you three and a half. Rams at the Chiefs. Ooh, Rams suck. Damn. Um, they're That's a not big good. spread, though, man. And KC is, is favored by over two touchdowns. I don't, it's, no way. Rams. Yeah. Rams in the points. That's way to. too many points, man. That's a lot, um, man. Saints at the Niners. Uh, dude, I don't know what it is about San Francisco. Everybody's riding this gravy train. Like, they're a good team, dude. Don't get me wrong. But they're favored by nine points at home against the Saints, who aren't great, but they can score points. They can, you know, they can get the ball out there. Uh, I don't know. Give me the Saints. 
Give me the Saints and the points. It's okay. too many. Okay. Too many points. Uh, and then Sunday night football, Packers at the Eagles. The Eagles will wipe the floor with the Packers. Yeah. They're favored by seven. I'll take the seven. Eagles minus seven is the pick. And then Monday night football, yuck. Steelers at the Colts. <laughs> Colts are getting two and a half points. And I'll take it. Why not? Sure. Let's ride with the Colts. All right. Hopefully we do better this week. To the news. Neato. I don't even know where to start. Here's where I'll start. Um, quick correction on our end or update, uh, just mere hours after we recorded last week, it came out that the four students that were killed in Idaho were actually stabbed. Um, and we were speculating that it might've been an overdose. There was no details coming out. Well, the details came out, um, that they were both, that they all, they were all stabbed. Uh, and actually the details are really gruesome. I don't know if you've like read anything about it, but like the police were saying, it's as horrific of a, of a crime scene as they've ever seen. Somebody was following somebody in this group. They have it on camera. And by all accounts, it's, it's a targeted attack. So I don't like, I still don't know. They're not, they're not saying that anybody's in danger in the community, but how can you say that? Like kids have right. gone on left, like they've left campus. They've said, I'm not, I'm not staying here anymore. So I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know what to think of it. One of the things that popped into my head was like a, so let me play this out for you. Let's say, God forbid, I'm with some friends and I'm killed along with these friends. And it it appears to be a very targeted attack. It's not random. It's it's targeted. Like if somebody meant to do this to me, what would be your first thought? I would think, you know, an ex, someone that, you know, may have felt a certain way about someone that got wronged or any, something like that. Like that would be the right. first thing that would come into my head. Now, police have no suspects. Weird. Now, what do you think? Yeah, that I don't know, man. I mean, it could just be a ra random, but f for them, the details I was reading that there was, um, it, it happened on multiple floors within this building and other people's rooms were totally passed up. It was on the second and the third floor. There was multiple victims. So I, it has to be targeted in some way. Yeah. So the one thing that came into my head was like, like, uh, somebody owed somebody money. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Or somebody was mixed up in something they shouldn't have been mixed up in. I'm not victim blaming here. I'm just trying to formulate a scenario where this makes sense. I I don't know, but like maybe like cartel kind of stuff. Maybe I mean it, it just it seems like one of those things where it happens and then somebody disappears because they don't belong in that in that neighborhood to begin with. Mm -hmm. So they they commit the murder and then they leave immediately because they don't live in Moscow, Idaho. They have no business in Moscow, Idaho outside of the crime that they just committed. That's what I think. Yeah. That, I mean, that makes sense to me, man. That's crazy. Know. They have no suspects, man. That's yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. So, um, it's making Sarah want to get a security system. She already told me. Really? You should. Yeah. Absolutely. She's reading into it a bunch and she's just like really freaked out. I'm like, yeah, that's yes. Uh, about that. Um, do you have a ring? No, we, we don't ring, have a ring. ring. No. No, that's, I, that's I do a good want start. to get one. Those are nice. It is a good, yeah, that would be. But I mean, the security system, you got a kid in the house, you probably should have one. Makes sense. Yeah. I'm looking right now to see, uh, I don't, uh, yeah, there's like, there's really nothing. The cops urge patience, which is a hell of a thing to urge in a situation like this. I take it there was no camera footage like from the house. Was this like a sorority house? Yeah. Uh, I think so. Okay. And I mean, there's a lot of evidence Right. There's like a, there's just, that's what I'm saying. Like it, police said it was sloppy. 
right? It was messy. There was, it wasn't like anything sophisticated. Um, and so, you know, like the first thing that came to my mind was like, you ever seen the, the, the TV show Fargo? I never have, or, nor the movie. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just like, you know, there's assassins in that movie and, and they don't really care. Right. Because they're, they're gone. Right. Like they, they're not sticking around. So they have no reason to be nervous about the local police in whatever area. Right. They're just, they're doing their thing and they're leaving and nobody is going to think about them, the person that committed the crime, because they're pretty much invisible. Nobody knows them in the area. They don't, you know, they don't leave pay with cash, don't leave trace, anything like that. And so, I, I mean, I don't know. I, apparently there's a lot of stuff to sort through, but some, some, something tells me, something tells me that this is not going to be solved. Yeah. I think your inclination though is probably right though. Cause a lot of the stories I've been reading refer to it often as a party house. So if, if it's a party house, obviously there's probably drugs involved mm. and yeah. yeah, those people don't fuck around sometimes, you know, if, if people were fronted drugs and didn't pay or whatever that fuck it might've happened, stole or whatever, like some people are going to make that right real quick in their, in their book. So that that's probably honestly the most likely scenario, but yeah, we don't want to victim blame these guys. They could just be random and, uh, you know, it's such yeah. I mean, it, it, it could, it could be a, you know, college student. We have no idea. No. Um, and it really sucks. I, I, I know some, I know some friends that went to that university and it hits home, you know, the Moscow, Idaho, man, like, I don't know. I don't want to like stereotype, but who, who wants any trouble like this in Moscow, Idaho? Right. Small, so small. Yeah. It's like, like tiny so i don't know it's shaking a lot of people i i I'm, our hearts go out for sure so check out the uh, world um, cup yesterday You've been watching any of it yeah man i, I watched the uh, u.s game yesterday i i had the uh mexico game on in the background this morning yeah man mexico um, survived good for them yeah it, it, they they survived that's a good way to put it um hey the keeper stopped a penalty from the best striker in the world in Robert Lewandowski. So that's humongous. That was, yeah, on a PK. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, the Saudis beat Argentina. How about that? Yeah, dude. People are talking all kinds of shit because Argentina had three goals within a 35-minute span, called back for offsides. So they're talking, you know, obviously Saudis have money. They're talking all kinds of shit about bribes and line judges being, you know, not the most honest or whatever, but that's a huge upset. If, if we don't see Lionel Messi move past the first round in his last World Cup, that would be unbelievable. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, but it's exciting, held, man. It, it is, yeah. Yeah, United States held on. Uh, well, they held the lead for the whole game pretty much, and then let one in, let, they were kind of fucking around, and, and it seemed like dropping to the ground a lot. And I don't know if they were just trying to kill time and – Two clock, but it, <sighs> well, the referee in that game, the referee in that game was a piece of shit. Terrible. Uh, he was terrible. Yeah, he was. Not yeah, good. He, he was all over the place. I mean, I don't know. It, it, like, it, I, I I equate it to somebody who in like baseball whose strike zone is just all over the place. Yeah, calling high strikes for one team, not calling the same strikes for the other team. You know, just there's no congruency. It looked like he was overwhelmed. Maybe one of their 15 minutes of fame. But but if you're the U.S., you don't play into that. You just play your game. Mm -hmm. Don't play into it. I don't know, man. I get it. It's the world stage, World Cup. You 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 want to you want to win, but it seems like they they let the emotions get the best of them there. That towards the end, that was a really really dumb penalty in the box to give yeah. to give Wales the, the tie. Um, so by all accounts, they should have three points. They don't. Um, and then they play England on Friday, and I'm stoked. I, I'm I'm depending on how Thursday goes. 
with the child, um, I may be somewhere very, very inebriated <laughs> watching this game. So I'm pretty well, excited about Celebrate that. Celebrate my birthday in style, my friend. Oh, that's right. Your birthday's on Friday, huh? It is, yeah. I think we're going to get oh, destroyed in that game. My guess is a you think so? four to one, maybe a four to two victory for England. Yeah, we. I, I wasn't very impressed, man. I, what we look at, Wales is not good. They they have like Are they not. They have. I mean, they're not bad, but they have a few players. Gareth Bale being one, who's at the end of his career. He's like thirty four now. And uh, other than that, maybe one other guy, but the people that they were subbing in dude were like semi pros and that's like being gracious and no disrespect to mm -hmm. them like they're on their country's team but compared to some of the guys we have like we should have been dominating and, and wales just out physical us they beat the shit out of christian pulisic who's our best player they just beat the shit out of all our good players and by the end of that game we had we had no nobody that really could make a run it seemed like uh our one of our other best players, Gio Renya, who they haven't really said what's going on with him. He's probably hurt, but didn't play at all. They've got no inclination what's going on with him. It's just, that's a game we needed to win. Like, we should have won, and we needed to win. And now, it, it basically what it's going to come down to, because USA and Wales are both going to lose to England, most likely. Uh, it's going to be who puts up more goals on on Iran. That's the other, the other team in the group, and it's going to come down <laughs> to goal beats up more on Iran? It's, yeah, yeah, it's got to. So yeah. we'll see. Did you see what the Iranian team did, though? Uh, yes, yes, actually, I did. That's kind of interesting. None of them sang that their national anthem in like in a protest against their government, which we've seen a, a lot of. It seems like we've seen a lot of you know female support, especially in Iran, for all of this. But this is like the first major thing that I can think of we've seen from like men supporting the women in that country, uh, at least on an international scale. Yeah, for sure. And and this like th this is real activism here. Because we know that the stakes are very clearly high for speaking mm. out against us, especially uh on a world stage like that. I mean, it's it's embarrassing to to the nation of Iran, right? And that's the point. Um and the consequences here are are, you know, uh, punishment or death right like that's that's well known so uh, uh, very commendable very courageous uh, on the on the part of the iranian uh, national team their goalie also broke his own nose on his player's head and i think he had it on the defender's <laughs> head about i think it was like f uh, 10 minutes into that game just broke the shit out of his nose there was blood everywhere and then they went on to lose like six to two so <laughs> not great but their show of support was that was that was good appreciate it yeah dude we have a clip of the press conference after the game asking about the uh, the protest, asking one of the Iranian national team players about the protest. He says, uh, before anything added, I would like to express my condolences to all bereaved families in Iran. They should know that we are with them, we support them, and we sympathize with them. We have to accept that the conditions in our country are not right. Our people are not happy. We are here, but it does not mean that we should not be their voice or we must not respect them. Whatever we have is for them, and we must fight. We must perform the best we can, and to score goals and present the bereaved people of Iran with results. I hope the conditions change to accept the expectations of the people. That'll do. Yeah, we should we should follow that up, uh, because like I'm not saying this to be facetious, dude. That might that that dude might just end up dead. Yeah, it, yeah, for sure, man. <sighs> Sucks. Um, so I, I don't know if you knew this. I didn't really know this until I read into it. But Twitter 
has been a hotbed for child sexual exploitation is, is the, the official term, basically child porn. Do you know this? No. Yeah. Um, so there's a, a gal by the name of Eliza blue and she, uh, she's an activist, excuse me, an activist for, uh, victims uh, of human trafficking, especially children. And for several years, she's been putting pressure on Twitter to remove um, child sex, sexual exploitation material at scale. And up until Elon Musk acquiring Twitter, Twitter has been slow to remove a lot of the content. Uh, this, uh, this gal, Eliza, has pointed out that under the new leadership, Twitter is taking child exploitation seriously. Uh, however, there is still much work to be done. Done. Uh, Blue pointed out a few key changes Twitter made under its new leadership. The first change uh, were to its reporting system, uh, and, and in a Twitter thread, Blue made suggestions for Twitter. And so far, the platinum has the platform has implemented two of the uh, of the suggestions that she made. The first one is clear and easy reporting, and uh, Twitter implemented a two click reporting for children uh, reporting their own abuse material. And, uh, and then there's a, a separate tab for adults experiencing sexual exploitation as well. Uh, the other key issue is that the platform has been noticeably working on its removal of hashtags known to, known to be used to sell child sexual exploitation materials. So that's how they, that they, they use hashtags and we're not going to repeat them on here. Uh, if you want to find them out at a quick Google search, will let you know all you need to know. Uh, but they use these hashtags and when these hashtags are are, be, are used to people who, you know, it's basically a signal and the people who receive the signal then contact these people and sell them child pornography or whatever wow. they're looking for. Uh, yeah. And what's really interesting, and, and I have to, I have to ask the question, why did it take Elon Musk taking over Twitter for something like, like, which seems very commonsensical to happen? Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not saying the previous leadership was a bunch of pedophiles, but I'm not. But I, but I'm also not saying that they didn't care about pedophilia or these exploitation materials um, a, a, enough so to take the suggestion of a survivor of of uh, exploitation. Uh, so I, I thought it was really interesting that it took Elon Musk for this kind of stuff to ha- to happen. Um, uh, the, the, this is Eliza Blue here quoted saying. After years of advocating for the minor survivors of Twitter, I've never been as hopeful as I am right now. I don't expect perfection from a platform. All I've ever wanted was to see a sense of urgency around such a serious matter. In many of these cases, this is a matter of life or death for each victim, so every second matters. Uh, her suggestion for Twitter is to continue prioritizing the removal of child sexual exploitation content, go through the reports, go over all the backlogs of the reports, and work hand-in-hand hand with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. She added that Twitter should innovate around this issue using all the technology that's available. So, that, I mean, we hear a lot of, a lot of shit about uh, Elon. Maybe some of it's deserved, maybe some of it is not. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but it seems as though one very positive thing is happening on Twitter, and that is uh, that they are pushing back on uh, child sexual exploitation. And I say, good job. Yeah, for sure. Isn't it interesting how I think it was like end of October, he fires 50% of the employees. Another, a, a big mass migration just happened too this last week because he kind of gave him an ultimatum on if you want to stay here or leave, but here, here's yeah. like your new conditions. And through all of this, Twitter has not crashed, still works perfectly fine. Like, what were all these people doing, dude? Like, 75% of your workforce apparently was not needed for Twitter to continue to run. 
It's taking just, up space, man. Yeah. Just taking up space. In other world news, um, there was an earthquake in Indonesia. It's pretty big, yeah. man. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not getting a ton of uh, coverage uh, outside of, you know, just a couple headlines, but uh, at least... 268 people were killed. Another 151 people are missing after a 5.6 magnitude earthquake struck the Indonesian island of Java on Monday. Now, 5.6 magnitude earthquake is significant, but if that happened in like San Diego, I couldn't imagine there'd be more than 10 deaths. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And 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 you know, I'll be very clear. California, the building codes are, are incredibly stringent to seismic activity. So you have to build to the seismic activity. So the reason for that is because we built to it. It, it looks like this is a pretty impoverished area. I don't know very much about Java, Indonesia, uh, but the fact that a 5.6 magnitude earthquake has killed 268 people to me means that uh, there was a, a threat for this that was known and was not well prepared for at all. Wow. Maybe lack of resources or funding or, you know, combination of, of all of that. But mm. um the regional governor has said that more than 13,000 people have been displaced. Uh, the majority of those who died were children. Ugh. Oh, uh, man. Many public school students who were taking extra, extra lessons uh, at Islamic schools uh, were, were identified as most of the victims. Um, there's a lot of trapped residents. And uh, the, the majority of, of those who died were hit by buildings. So, yeah, I mean, it tells me that that they, they they were not built to to handle any sort of seismic activity which is crazy because indonesia has a lot of uh, earthquakes they're in in what's called the ring of fire in the pacific it's an arrangement of fault lines and volcanoes and the pacific basin so they have earthquakes and a bunch of other extreme weather which is wild if, if we know this it's wild that people actually settle in these areas and here's something interesting uh, this past february there was a 6.2 magnitude earthquake that left 25 people dead and 460 people injured in, in the Sumatra province of Indonesia. Now, why that's interesting is because if, you, if you're looking on the Richter scale here of, of earthquakes, a 5.6 magnitude earthquake is what they experienced on Monday. A 5.7 magnitude earthquake is a hundred times more powerful than a 5.6, right? So each hmm. point that goes up is a hundred times more powerful Damn. Than, the, than the one before it. So 6.2 is quick math 600 times more powerful than a 5.6 that only left 25 people dead in 2018 though a 7.5 magnitude earthquake hit northern indonesia followed by a tsunami that killed 200 384 people and in 2004 wow this is crazy in 2004 a 9.1 magnitude earthquake uh off the indian ocean um, killed more than 230,000 people in 14 countries. More than half of them were killed in Indonesia. So it sounds like Indonesia knows very well the risk of earthquakes. Wow, man. I just looked up the biggest one of all time. It happened in 1960 in Chile, and it was a um, 9.5 magnitude. Only 6,000 died, though, which doesn't seem like that many for the biggest one of all time. Yeah, and you said there's a 1916? 1960. 1960. So I guess maybe it wasn't extremely settled. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean probably. There's you know the, the population growth between you know 1950 and then now in in the world. Yeah. It's exponential. It's crazy. The trajectory is like sky high. So it's probably that there weren't that many people living or that many people uh, or that many buildings that could have caused this kind of damage. Being that you live out where they happen, because I've never experienced one, I probably never will. 
what what's like the biggest one that you have that you remember being a part of or you know sure probably like a, a five pointer really um yeah it, it it's it, it, it's pretty it's kind of scary I, I hate to say this in the wake of this news but i love them <laughs> they have really i yeah man they really get me going because it's like it, it it at first it sounds like somebody is like running through your house really loudly mm. You know what I mean? Like if so, if like you were to walk through your living room where you have like a case of like like a like a liquor cabinet or something and it like jingles that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. like, who's running? And then you realize that nobody's walking, and then immediately it registers as an earthquake. And I just, oh, let's go! You know, because you can't <laughs> you can't stop it. You know, you're just in the midst of you know the earth flexing your nuts, and uh, I just I love to just let it happen and experience it. The the yeah. most powerful one I remember, like I was sitting at a desk, kind of like I am now, and the TV, the the monitor, uh, began to fall forward, and we like just put our hands up and pushed it back, so like nothing happened. But it's scary enough mm-hmm. um, when you realize that the earth quakes beneath your feet, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's, it, but but I've never experienced anything where it caused like wide scale damage. Okay, so. or like worry, like you were never worried that you were going to be swallowed into the earth. Nah. Never, never. It just, you know, it just kind of like shakes and rumbles and you just, yeah, just like that. Ah, that'd be crazy. You know? um, that'd be crazy. But, but yeah. And another thing about earthquakes is that they happen every day, all the time, everywhere. They're just small enough to not feel them. Right. right. Like the, the earth moves constantly beneath us. It's constantly agitating. The, the fault lines are constantly grinding up against each other. It's just when it happens in a, on, a, on a large scale that it registers above the, the Earth's crust. But there's, there's earthquakes that happened all over the place. Uh, and I think, I think it's like high twos, low threes is enough for, for you to feel it, to, like, to notice that there's an earthquake. Um, and then into like the high threes and the fours is when it's like, whoa, this is an earthquake for sure. Damn. Man, yeah, I'd have to imagine it's scary. The, the only thing we have that's like that is tornadoes. You guys don't get tornadoes, do you? Nah, we get fires. Yeah, yeah, fires. That's it. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? Uh, you had something for about some sheep? Dude, yeah, so I saw this video. It came out of Mongolia earlier this week, and it, it it's, it's weird. It's weird to say the last. I think there's actually an explanation for it, but I wanted to show you anyway because it's pretty weird and Conspiracy theory, so, uh, you know, they love to they'll run with these kind of things. This comes out of a farming region in Mongolia. Can you see this? Mm-hmm. These sheep have been walking in circles like this for more than two weeks now <laughs> in a perfect circle, not not a semi-circle or some oblong way, a perfect circle, damn near. And it, it has... A lot of people just like, what the fuck? What's going on? Is it aliens? Is it this? Is it that? Like, people aren't really sure what's going on. The, the more I read into it, it looks like the most likely cause. Even though they say that these sheep are perfectly healthy, uh, it's a disease called listeriosis. Um, and one of those symptoms is circling, but also depression, loss of appetite, lack of coordination. Uh, but usually, when animals do this, they die within 24 to 48 hours. And these sheep have been doing it for more than two weeks. So no hmm. one's really sure what's going on. Some people are saying they ate mushrooms and they're tripping out in the fields. Um, some people are just saying they like are in their core, want to migrate, and this is the best way to do so. But it's just strange to watch a move in a perfect circle like that uh, yeah, for such a long like time. Out of like, looks like something out of a horror movie. 
you know, like signs or something. Like mm-hmm. it's like That's the first sign before signs. something. Yeah, it's just it's so strange. I saw that on my timeline earlier. This Is there week. precedent like, for it? Fuck? No. There's there's no precedent at all. Like this, they just started doing it out of nowhere. This has uh, been going on since November fourth. Um, occasionally, one will go to the very middle of it and then rejoin the crowd and continue to um, you know circle. But they don't really have a good a- explanation because th- what they think is the most likely is that listeriosis, they'd all be dead by now. So right. would, you know, it, it, no one can really figure it out. So as of, and then as, as you know, as I last researched it, they were still doing it. So I, I don't know what the hell is going on, but other animals have been seen doing this. Um, whales, sharks, penguins, sea turtles. So, um, some say that it's an attempt to locate the earth's magnetic field so they can navigate or migrate elsewhere. So I, I think that's probably the most likely scenario. Like they just want to fucking get out of there. But I don't know, man. If you watch these videos, just it's a perfect circle. It's just weird. I need a live cam. Yeah, right. Give me a live feed of sheep. it. <laughs> I'm trying to see this 24 seven. Right. Uh, do you know who Leia Ramini is? It sounds familiar. I think you've mentioned the name before, haven't you? Leia Ramini, actress. She played Kevin James' wife on King of Queens. Ah, uh, yep. Okay. Yep. Yes, that is Leia Ramini. Also, former member of the Church of Scientology. If you ask Leia Ramini, she would call it the cult of Scientology. I'm not here to throw mud on Scientologists, if that's your belief. Good on you. I hope uh, it brings you peace in your life. However, she has blown the whistle on a lot of weird things that have happened in the Church of Scientology. Uh, and I'm not above that at all. We criticize a lot of uh, uh, organized religion here on this show, and Scientology is not immune to it. So this story is about the wife of David Miscavige, who is the uh, leader of Scientology. And she's been missing for over 15 years. Uh, Leah Ramini has tried to find out what has happened um, back even when she was part of the Church of Scientology before she broke. And she's provided us a very nice long Twitter thread about what is going on? So uh, it starts off with a gentleman named Corey Palka, who is a 34-year vet of the LAPD and a longtime captain of the Hollywood Division, where the Church of Scientology has their headquarters. Corey was in charge of the division when Leia Ramini filed a missing persons report into the disappearance of Shelley Miscavige. Here is Corey. And she shows a picture of him uh, accepting a check from Scientology uh, for an LAPD charity f- uh, to the tune of $20,000. And then she says, here's where it gets interesting. Corey is now being investigated for providing confidential investigative information to top CBS executives, which begs the question, what investigative information has he provided to Scientology over the years? Right. So in a separate investigation, he has fed CBS executives uh, information about an investigation. And so she's saying, well, if if he's doing that to CBS executives, what has he done for Scientology? Mm -hmm. In 2013, after Leia Rumini left Scientology, she filed a missing persons report with the LAPD on Shelly Miscovich. By the time that she filed the report, it had been nearly eight years since she had seen or heard from Shelly Miscovich. At Tom Cruise's wedding to Katie Holmes in 2006, this is Leia Rumini speaking now, I was shocked when Shelley wasn't with her husband, David Miscavige. Tom's wedding was dubbed the wedding of the century in Scientology. It was the most critical event ever for top Scientologists. Shelley was always with her husband. 
She was his shadow, not only because she was married to him, but also because she was his top aide. For her not to be in attendance was not only unusual, but also unimaginable. When I asked where Shelley was, Tommy Davis, Tom Cruise, and David Miscavige's henchman told me, you don't have the fucking rank to ask about Shelley. I was subjected to months of cruel interrogations and reprogramming for the high crime, quotes high crime, of asking where Shelley was. My letters to Shelley had all gone unanswered. I couldn't reach her by phone either. So when I left Scientology, my first goal was to try and find Shelley. I, miss, I filed a missing persons report through a friend I knew at, at the LAPD. Damn, dude. Hours after I filed the missing persons report, hours, the case was closed. And the LAPD announced to the press that they had found Shelley. Shelley! <laughs> this news was released first to the press, not to me who filed the report. I learned about all of this from the media, not the LAPD. When I asked if detectives had spoken or had seen Shelley themselves, I was told that that was classified by the LAPD. I was told to file a public record request if I wanted further information. I spent $50,000 in attorney fees filing various requests. My requests for information from the LAPD were shut down. I still don't know anything about the circumstances of this investigation. Scientology has always done a great job at interrogating, excuse me, Scientology has always done a great job at integrating itself with law enforcement despite being experts in obstructing justice. Scientology hires off-duty LAPD cops as security and donates to LAPD charities, all while instructing their members never to help with any criminal investigations involving Scientologists and making it a high crime within Scientology to report Scientologists to law enforcement. When I met with Corey Palka, this is the uh, LAPD detective, about Shelley, he had a letter on his desk thanking him for all his help with Scientology matters and inviting him to come have lunch as a guest at the Celebrity Center. I was so alarmed by Corey's closeness, closeness with Scientology, I even offered to personally double any donations they made to LAPD charities if he wouldn't accept the donations from them. Corey was incredibly dismissive. Take a look at these emails obtained by, uh, this is... Uh, Tony Ortega, I don't know who he is, but Corey exchanged uh, uh, with Scientology officials. Look how helpful Corey is with Scientology. Look how friendly the relationship is. It's just a bunch of emails of them being back and forth. Very buddy-buddy. Corey even assigned a particular detective who could personally handle Scientology's complaints. He also agreed to help in introduce them to the Detroit chief of police. This is unheard of. The LAPD Lieutenant Andre Dawson, the detective in charge of my missing persons report into Shelley Miscavige, also had a cozy relationship with Scientology. Here he is speaking at Scientology Celebrity Center at an event about human trafficking. Jesus. Um, Corey Palka also allowed Scientology to set up an informational kiosk at the LAPD Hollywood Division. Here is what it looked like. So it's like a, I don't know, it's like an interactive deal about human rights? I don't know. It looks like it's, but it looks like it's sponsored by Scientology in the LAPD headquarters in Hollywood. An investigation must be opened into Corey's relationship with Scientology and the LAPD's interactions with Scientology overall. And the LAPD must not attend Scientology events anymore or accept their funds. Where is Shelly? And they still don't know. They still have no answers, huh? Nothing. Wow, bro. Crazy, man. 15 yeah. years this woman has been missing. Jesus, man. That yeah. is wild. Super, super wild, man. Super wild. I mean, like, this is like, like, like movie stuff, you know? It's like cult behavior. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is, this is like the stuff of, of like a Hollywood. Yeah. Movie, but it's, it's almost like they're ingrained into the, it's like a mafia kind of a thing, man. It's like they're ingrained into law enforcement now, too. Right. I mean, what would you do if you, if, I mean, 
obviously, if you needed the support of the police, if you if you needed to make sure that nobody investigated your your organization for any reason, yeah, then you buy the investigators. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, let's see what where are we at here with time. What is your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Mm, that's hard. It fluctuates. Um, I'm a big sweet potatoes guy, man. My mom makes this this like yams with uh, cinnamon, brown sugar, pecan glaze on top. Mm-hmm. Big fan of that. I'm always a really big fan of green bean casserole when it's made with fresh green beans. That is that is something I need to have because when it, it's a whole different level. But those two would probably yeah. be very up there for me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm trying to think about mine. I really like stuffing. Stuffing is solid. Yeah, I'm not yeah, a turkey I really guy, like, man. Yeah. That, well, I, okay. I hear that. And, and a lot of people don't like turkey. I, I, I like to think I make a pretty solid turkey. <laughs> so I like to change people's minds about turkey. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't like turkey, I understand it. Like, I'm not, I'm not here to say you're wrong. Um, it's it's I weird because I love, I love ham too. But I, I, turkey, I eat ground turkey all the time. But I've mm-hmm. never enjoyed baked turkey. Like, it's just, most oh, of the time it's dry. And even when it's not dry, it's like weirdly fatty. And it, ta- it like the texture of it seems undercooked to me. Um, yeah, just not. I don't like it. Yeah, and it's interesting that it's um, it's just so prevalent, <laughs> and every, yeah. everybody has like a, a pretty strong opinion about it. And there, nobody really is. Oh, I love turkey. Eh, mm-hmm. I don't ever hear that. So um, the LA Times has a matrix for ranking the official uh, uh, Thanksgiving food, um, and they the the matrix is on the x axis more t- uh, uh, worst taste, better taste. Right. So what tastes good and what tastes bad. And then the Y axis is, is interesting. More family strife and less family strife. So how divisive is huh. the dish? Right. Like maybe uh, like maybe I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a divisive. I, I could see uh, that cranberry sauce being dish. divisive because it's a go. strong cranberry sauce flavor. or what's that weird jello dish that some people bring sometimes and it tastes oh, really yeah. good, but it like looks yeah. really odd. It's yeah, really yeah, strange. Okay. So it's, yeah. And then you have like mashed potatoes, which is like the least divisive dish you could probably have. Right. You know, exactly. Yes. Uh, so, uh, they rank from 20 to one, starting with number 20 Turkey. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Um, they, they, they sum it up perfectly. If I wanted to watch, excuse me, if I wanted something this dry and white, I'd watch a Frasier marathon. <laughs> uh, it's pretty funny. They even say like yeah. you can brine it, spatchcock it, deep fry it. You can cook it whole or in parts, but the fact remains that Turkey kind of sucks. Yeah. And, uh, I disagree. I think if you do it right, it's actually really delicious, but that's fine. Uh, would you ever take, 19, t- would you ever take Turkey over ham? Never. Yeah. There you go. Never, never. Uh, number 19, pumpkin pie. Oh, this is interesting. Uh, wow. Pumpkin pie rates highly on the family strife scale as it is a divisive dirt, a dessert. The heavy spices along with the color and texture reminiscent of <laughs> soft dog turd just don't whet my appetite. Sorry. So this is uh, somebody's personal opinion. I would rate pumpkin pie much higher than this, yeah. but I do get it. Like I get it. Like the texture is not great. Yeah. It tastes good. The flavor is delicious great. though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they put tofu, tofurkey, to, to turkey, tofu, turkey, what? whatever. I'm not even going to read about it. Shouldn't even be on the list. I've never had it at, uh, at Thanksgiving. And then, uh, at 17 cranberries, fresh cranberries yeah. are less enjoyable than their 
process brethren do no doubt to the fact that most people don't really know how to properly prepare fresh cranberries, usually adding too much or not enough sugar or failing to cook them off in a proper amount of time. I made some lemon cranberry bars. Oh, so good. Um, so yeah, um, they, they rank uh, cranberries pretty low. Number 16, sweet potato casserole. Damn. It's a classic. You're either all about it or not. There is no in between. I don't really care for sweet potato casserole, man. Wow. It changes things in our friendship. It's a dessert and you serve it with the meal. Yes, you do. It's odd. It's odd. It's good. Not it's a good. fan. <laughs> um, squash. Mm, mm. Eh. Yeah. Eh. That was I'll 15. take it. I'd take uh, butternut squash like uh, baked in the oven. You know what I'm saying? But oh, yeah. other than that, um, eh. Um, number 13, pecan pie. Okay. Yeah. Um, big fan. Now my favorite, but it is purely sugar. That's all it is. It's corn yeah. syrup, molasses, and sugar. <laughs> that is the dish. Yeah. Um, so, uh, anyway, I love it, but, uh, they have it at 13. Number 12, Brussels sprouts. Never had that at Thanksgiving, but I do like them. Yeah. I, I, they, they've become uh, kind of a staple at our house for, uh, for Thanksgiving, um, the LA Times has here. I'm glad for the for the change in Brussels sprouts uh, that they're good fried, grilled, or steamed. Just be careful not to overcook them because they smell like farts, <laughs> which is true. Number eleven, apple pie. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, if it's made well, it's fantastic. Um, but sometimes it can be made very poorly, and uh, I think that's where the strife comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, number ten, rolls or biscuits. Basic, okay. uh, basic, but you have to have them, right? Mm, and not if you're having stuff. Had... Like I'm already eating bread. I don't need. I don't need a roll side. I disagree. <sighs> it's the holidays. Um, <laughs> number nine, green bean casserole. Yes, big fan. Um, you'll enjoy this. The Midwest in me continues to have a soft spot for green bean casserole, despite <laughs> the somewhat nauseating quality of cream and mushroom soup. Um. The dish was created by the Campbell's company in the 1950s. It's a way to encourage people to use cans of creamy mushroom. And, uh, yeah. So that's number nine. Number seven, mac and cheese. Yeah. Um, I love mac and cheese, but I don't ever consider it a staple of Thanksgiving. I, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, I wouldn't put tofurkey or Brussels sprouts on that list either. So, it's right. Just, it's, yeah. It's an interesting list for sure. Um, ham at number six. Yep. The dominant meat. Uh, number five, uh, canned cranberry sauce. Ew, really? That seems like one of the yeah. most divisive ones there would be. But it's fantastic. Mm, not if you're not eating the turkey. That's what makes turkey better to me. That's the thing. If you don't serve turkey. that with, if you don't have, if you don't have turkey, then you're not going to have cranberry sauce. Right, right. But if you have turkey, you have to have cranberry sauce because turkey sucks so much that you have to <laughs> mask it with sugary fruit. Yeah. Um, number four, cornbread. Mm, dude so sarah uh, that was one i was going to mention when you asked me because we make this like corn casserole that's like a bread mm. but more it's not so dense like a bread it's more of like a creamy texture because you basically use a uh, can of corn can of cream corn some sour cream bunch of butter um i'm forgetting one other thing but basically it's that and then you bake it up some cheese maybe jalapenos and it, it's just like corn bready in taste oh yeah you also use jiffy cornbread mix um, but it's cornbread in taste, but not because cornbread, if you overcook cornbread, it's dry and it is not enjoyable. Oh yeah. So I'm, I'm a big fan of the casserole version. Um, <laughs> see, this is a weird list to me. I don't know who I've never had this ever. Uh, but broccoli gratin 
That's good. Like a yeah, it's like the broccoli casserole. with the rice and the cheese. It's good, but yeah, no way. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe this is like a more like geographical thing, East Coast, Midwest, something like that. Sounds like this person's uh, a Scientologist. Yeah. <laughs> Mashed potatoes and gravy coming at number two. Mm-hmm. A must. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, mashed potatoes are, are, are great on their own, but I feel like they have to go together with gravy at Thanksgiving only, right? I make mashed potatoes all the time. I don't ever serve them with gravy unless it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. I'm also a big fan of like mashed potatoes with a vegetable. Like, you know, I like eat it with the corn, okay. eat it with the peas. Yeah. Like, I, I don't need the gravy in that regard, but it, yeah, by themselves, it's kind of dry. So you want the gravy. I like mashed potatoes with bread. Really? <laughs> With a roll. It's fantastic. Mm, okay. Okay. I can see that. What's number one? Number one, Thanksgiving dish is stuffing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what's funny about that is like, I feel like stuffing never gets stuffed anymore. It's never inside of the turkey. Yeah. It's always yeah. made outside because we realize how terrible of an idea that is and how sick it makes people sometimes. Yeah. Um, I just had Thanksgiving this past weekend, and that's how my grandma still does it, though. And I'm sick oh, today, really? so maybe it's you're to blame. Yeah, grandma. there you go. Because she, <laughs> she shoved stale bread upside the backside of a dead bird. Yeah. Delicious, uh, uh, this, this list is for the birds. I should have <laughs> I should have scrutinized it before we put it on here because uh, I think it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I think the LA Times did a terrible job with this list. Um, yeah, but if you have some other ideas, let us know. What did they yeah. miss? What are we missing? Mm, I don't know. I feel like they kind of checked all the all the bases. It's weird to me though that they ranked ham so like to me ham is a Christmas meat. Even though I think it is much mm. better, it's a Christmas meat. It seems to be, and I, I don't know why we don't just get rid of turkey. Like I don't know why it's necessary to be a part of this whole thing. But anyway, we got to get out of here. Uh, if you guys get a sec, check the link in our bio on all of our socials. Uh, you can hit our merch store. It's a good time of year right now with the holidays coming up. You can get shirts, hats, t-shirts, all kinds of sweaters, underwear even. We got it all. Uh, help us get the word out there to people. It really, really, really helps us. I can't tell you how many times I'm wearing my shirt in public and somebody asked me a question about it. So make sure you do that. Frank, where can they find all that information at? On Twitter at FriendshipNH. On Instagram and TikTok at FriendshipNewsHour. And you can send us an email, bummerdude.media at gmail.com, bummerdude.media at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.